Welcome to Passionate and Prosperous, the only podcast about creating success in your life and business by using your voice, gifts, and skills to do the work that lights you up, make money, and have massive impact in the world. This show teaches coaches, creatives, and service-oriented human beings how to trust in yourself and leverage your unique message, experience, and expertise to attract your ideal audience, create clients, and organically build your soul-aligned business. I'm your host, mindset and business strategy coach, Stacey Brass Russell, and I can't wait to help you to set yourself up for success and use your passion to create the prosperous life and business that you truly desire. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Passionate and Prosperous. Today, we are going to talk about creating clients. So recently, over the last couple of days, I've been having some back and forth coaching with one of my clients who's had a little bit of a rough patch. And I mean, not a big one, but a couple of different uh people that she was talking to, uh, some new, like literally on discovery calls and, and one that was deciding about renewing who had already worked with her, um, that it ended up that she got a couple of no's in a row and it was really disappointing, which I totally get, you know, I mean, it happens to all of us, but, um, it was really, really, you know, like disheartening for her, um, where she is in her business. It's not like she's got a million clients. She definitely has clients. But like I said, it was a little bit of a of a of a disappointment. And we were having a lot of conversation. And of course, my job, one, you know, my job is first of all to hopefully help someone to understand that this is part of the business, right? That not everyone is going to be a yes. Um, so that's always something that I try to, you know, make sure that I can support my clients into knowing. And another part of my job is to make sure that there's nothing on, on her end, on my client's end, that's in their control that could be, I don't want to say causing that to happen, but like something that we could look at. Like, is there something that we could that we could tweak, adjust, change about her client creation process? You know, if if anything, maybe there's not that could have contributed to getting a no versus a yes. Right. And it's really important to me that I don't you know, make my clients feel that every time they get a no, that it means that like they could have done something differently or that they did something wrong or that they, you know, fucked it up or lost the client. I never want anyone to feel that way because I don't think that, right? And yet when we are entrepreneurs, when we are creating our clients by attracting people and then ultimately getting them into a conversation, which I'm going to talk about that in today's episode, like the the kind of, you know, getting people into calls, like why we have discovery calls, why we have consultations, if that's what you do in your business. Um, and the fact that like, once we get those people on the call, there are definitely certain things that we can that we can do and that we can learn and that we can get better at when it comes to client creation. But there's also a part that has to do with like who we're getting on the call with. And I think that a lot of times when you have a business that is a the kind of business where you use a discovery call or a consultation, whatever you want to call it, a free opportunity for someone to talk to you uh, where you decide whether or not you're going to work together, right? And often it's the other person deciding if they're going to work with you, make an investment, move forward, I think it's important not to get totally attached to the idea that it everything is determined by that call. And that, that everything, 
you know, whether you get the yes or the no is all about how that call goes. Now, sometimes it is. Sometimes that call is really critical. But what I wanted to come in and talk about today is actually about the part that that happens before that person gets on the call and whether or not you're having a conversation with someone who's really a buyer. And you, one of the reasons why I call it creating clients, I never say getting clients or closing the deal. I don't like that language for me. It, 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 it's always felt, that's always felt really icky to me because when I think about about clients that that come to work with me or that are considering working with me or talking to me, you know, I consider that when when and if they work with me, that what we're doing is we're we're creating a partnership. What we're doing is we're deciding to work together. And and I call it creating clients because I actually do think that we create clients. <laughs> and one of the ways we create a client is we help someone go from sometimes not even knowing that we exist, right, to finding out about us. That's like the first thing is the the attraction piece is like somehow they find us, whether they stumble upon us on social media or they, you know, get referred to us or they meet us or whatever. And then in my yellow brick road system of organic strategy, the reason why the the majority of what I teach is to then create the content that said person who discovers you can take in, absorb, show up for, listen to, um, you know, come to your training, your workshop, your this, your that, a talk, get emails from you is because that's how we create a client. We give someone a lot of opportunities to start to feel into whether or not what we are offering is something that they really want and or need. And ideally, the way this system works is that by the time someone gets on that consult call with you, they already know that they really want what you're offering and that they really need it. And that's actually why, to be totally honest with you, why even though it always feels fun when someone books a discovery call with me based purely on like a referral, for example, like someone that loves me that either is my client or has been my client or, you know, like that's usually who it is, uh, refers me and they, 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 you know, exuberantly tell someone how incredible it is to work with me. And they tell this person, you really have to talk to her. You should work with her. Like, but based on that, this person is sharing, like, whatever's going on for them. And, and this is making the person that knows me go, oh, my God, you, you've got to talk to Stacy, right? When someone books a call with me like that, here's what I'm going to tell you. They basically never invest with me. I talk to them twice. I always give people more than one call. And and then they don't invest with me. And the reason for that is that they themselves had not had a chance to discover me. And so if they didn't do their due diligence, well, okay, I'm not going to say never because it's not true. Uh, recently, someone was referred to me But what she did was she binged this show and read every word on my website. So by the time she got on the call with me, she already had done that work to build no love and trust because I have so much content out there, right? So I'm at a point in my business where someone could, if they did their homework, if they were really thinking of working with a coach, they could do lots of homework and 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 find out enough about me to know whether or not they wanted to get on call with me. And I think if you listen to my show and if you like do like uh, just a couple of things, it's hard to not understand what I do, how I help people, uh, you know, all of that. 
But when someone gets on a call with me and they literally don't know me from a hole in the wall, other than that someone referred me, I am going to tell you that for me, Stacey Brass Russell, this could be different for someone else. But for me, Stacey Brass Russell, it rarely converts to a client. Okay, so the the yellow brick road system of organic business strategy is because of that. I teach people to to put out as much content as they can. I definitely work with people who are willing to be content creators. And it doesn't mean that you have to be a content creator like on, you know, that you have to make reels, you know, or that you have to be like on Instagram constantly. But it does mean that you agree with what I think or say or whatever, which is that it's really, really beneficial to give people opportunities to absorb a lot of stuff from you, which is a combination. Like, what is content? Well, it's a combination of your expertise and then your messaging, like how you speak to your ideal clients out there um, and what you're about and what your mission is, right? That's what your messaging is. It's how you speak to your ideal client. It's it's how you it's how you articulate and elaborate on your niche. It's how you share your mission and your purpose and like what you're about. That's your messaging. And then your content is your expertise. And opt optimal content is content that has your messaging embedded into it. Because as you've heard me say, your clients want transformation, not information. So content that is purely your expertise is probably going to be a lot of information. But content that is your expertise combined with who you work with and your niche and your mission and how you speak directly to the people that you know you attract and work with that is messaging and that well that's transformation that's like the optimal content and remember like i said in the beginning content is pretty much everything that you put out for someone else to read see hear listen to absorb okay that's your content even if within a conversation that you're having with someone there can be content because if you're really wanting to be masterful at at being an entrepreneur, at being a service-based provider, at creating, you know, at, at offering value and, and getting people to want to talk to you, you're going to drop those little seeds into even a conversation. There are like seeds of content in your conversation. So when a client has a little string of knows, we'll call it, right? And look, this happens to me. I mean, the thing I want to say is that like nobody gets a hundred yeses, a hundred percent yeses. Nobody has every single person that ever talks to them end up being a client, right? And that's for, can be for a number of different reasons. And that's why I said like, I wanted to come in here and talk about the fact that it's not always because you didn't do a good job on the consult or the discovery call. Sometimes it's that the person that you're actually on the, the, the call with either has what I just shared with you, that they don't have any feeling of connection to you, yet they didn't come to the call, you know, knowing uh, anything about what you do that, that can sometimes like be a reason that like you end up not getting to have someone want to work with you after just talking to them two times. But then here's, here's why it would happen if you are using the yellow brick road system of organic strategy and you are talking to people who meet you or come to a workshop or have some experience of you. Here's one of the reasons why they could be a no. And it's if they're not the kind of buyer that you need. So what do I mean by that? Oh, I know why I went on that little tangent about, about talking about clients 
because I was like, oh, I don't say get clients and I don't say close the deal. But in today's episode, I'm just going to be really, really like kind of transparent or it's not transparent. I'm just going to be really real and say what we ultimately want are people to pay us. Right. The only way that you can make money in your business is if someone pays you and what they're paying for is to work with you. Right. They're paying you for your offer. They're making an investment in working with you because they believe that they're going to get something. Nobody pays for anything if they don't think they're going to get something out of it. Right. Nobody pays for something if they don't think they're going to get something out of it. That's just like that. That's what it means. That's what the exchange is. I'm going to give you money and I'm going to get something in return. Right. Unless someone is like, oh, I just want to make you a charity charity case. Right. Which none of us want that. We don't want charity cases. We don't want to be charity cases. Right. So the only time someone's just giving money and not wanting something in return is if they're just donating or if they're, you know, if you if they think of you as a charity. But otherwise, when someone pays you money, gives you money, invests money, they want something in return. And that's the reason why they would be talking to you. So there are two kinds of buyers for the purposes of today's episode where we're talking about who's buying. (laughs) I just was thinking about, for some reason, well, no, not for some reason, Um, here in New York City, there's going to be a production of Oliver coming up in a few months that I just bought tickets to. It's like I haven't seen Oliver since I went to like performing arts sleepaway camp and we did it in sleepaway camp. There hasn't been a revival like I don't think ever. And they're doing Oliver. And I was so excited. It's like an amazing cast. And I got tickets. And when I was about to what I was about to say was I was about to say, who will buy this wonderful feeling? Right. That's a song from Oliver. Who will buy? So anyway, we're talking about who will buy. And there are basically two kinds of buyers for today's episode. Number one, there are buyers who have an urgency to solve a problem and they really want to solve the problem. They've got what we call pain and suffering or pain and struggles. And I'm not saying that we wish this on people. I'm not saying that we walk around wanting for people to be miserable and suffering and and at rock bottom. I am not saying that. But one thing that you just have to know is that like people do walk around in pain and suffering. People do walk around struggling. One of the reasons I became a coach was because for almost two decades when I was in the yoga world, right, I would talk to people every single day. My students who would come up to me after class to share with me their life story and how their body was feeling and ask me all kinds of questions about about injuries and pains. And and they'd tell me everything, right? And I worked one-on-one. I had all these private yoga clients who I'd go to their apartments and you know, we'd sit down to begin yoga and OM, and then they would launch into a 20 minute, you know, telling me about their, their pain and suffering. And these were like successful, happy, normal people, whatever. Everybody's walking around with some degree of pain and suffering. And the people, there's a kind of buyer who's at the point where they're ready for a solution. Whatever the reason is, they can't take it anymore. They finally are are seeing themselves as like worthy of, of not experiencing pain and suffering. They've been told that like it's urgent, like if it's a health thing. Um, there's, a, there's a million reasons why someone's pain and suffering or struggle or problem, whatever you want to call it, reaches a level where now they are willing to take action at the level of where they're, they know they can't do it on their own. They've tried, right? They've, they've, they've done other stuff. And often as, as, as a coach or a light worker or a healer or a service provider, uh, you know, like any of you, any of us, 
very often by the time someone wants us, it's after they've tried everything and they didn't get a result. So they're very aware of the problem that they have. And they everyone tries to do shit for free first. Think about yourself. I mean, I personally know for a fact that I've had to do a tremendous amount of work, even just as a business owner, giving, delegating my tasks out to people because of my mentality. It's like, I wonder, you know, I think I've done a really good job on my mentality and my money mindset. You know, I think about the fact that I come from, you know, depression era grandparents who, you know, like you did everything yourself. And sometimes when I think that, you know, of like the reason why I, you know, I, I have to work really hard to like delegate and to give people things to do. It's because the mentality is not only a perfectionism thing. It's not only that I am, you know, that only I can do it. Right. That's sometimes the mentality is that I've had to work really hard on being like, oh, my God, I don't have the bandwidth time or whatever to tell so and so my assistant how I want them to do this. So I might as well just do it myself. Right. I've uh, that I got over. I'm like so over that. But I do still have to work on the idea that like it was something that has been instilled in me, even just on like a even into my subconscious on like a on like an ancestral level, like a generational, you know, limiting belief is if you can do it yourself, you should, right? Save the money. Why would you have someone, why would you pay someone else to do something that you can do? And so I want you to remember that like, it can't just be me. Like, it's not just my grandparents who lived through the depression. It's a mindset that is out there. And your average human being is gonna, for a million reasons, try everything free first, try to do it on their own, save the money, not spend it to pay someone else. This is a mindset that is prevalent. Okay. And so people will endure like, levels of pain and suffering that range from physical to emotional to psychic and spiritual before actually like going to someone and paying them for help. But at some point, a lot of people do get to that point. They do get to the point. They might have to go through whatever they have to go through. They might have to go through years, I don't know, of like their experience before they get to their point where they're like, fuck this, I'm going to get help. And I used to be amazed at the people (laughs) that I would be talking to as the yoga teacher and hearing like how miserable some people were like at their job or, you know, in a relationship and all the excuses that people have for not taking action and for just suffering. And then when it came to things like about their health and their body, I mean, you have no idea how many people I have told, and I'm not even a fucking doctor, although like I kind of feel like I am (laughs) with all of my experience, but you have no idea how many people in my life I have told that they should go on an anti-inflammatory diet based on everything they were telling me about their body. And you have no idea how many people will not do it simply because they don't want to not have a piece of bread or they don't think they can stop eating sugar or it, they, it's too inconvenient for them and it'll just be unpleasant, like whatever. And I've always been amazed at that. So I just want you to think, and I've, I've talked to so many people. So I just, first of all, want you to think about like what it takes for someone like that to become a buyer. They have to get, they have to be at a point where they are no longer willing to, to say all that shit, <laughs> to have limiting beliefs, to, um, to talk themselves out of doing, taking action that'll help them. And 
you know, like the way that human brains work is that they just, people tolerate levels of discomfort for very long periods of time. I think I said it on a recent episode. I might've referenced this on a recent episode that technically your, your brain is concerned with one thing, just keeping you alive. So you could be in like the worst levels of like pain and suffering from physical to psychic and your brain will still be like, you're fine. You're not going to waste your money and your time going to therapy, getting a coach, working on your diet or your health or getting someone to help you with that thing that like takes you a long time and that you don't enjoy doing like whatever. So one kind of buyer is not only a person who needs what you're offering, but they actually have to be ready to take action on it. So you might know that they need you, but if they're not at the point where they've decided that now there's an urgency to solve their problem, now they're convinced that they can't do it on their own. Now they, right? Like, so any number of those things, that's where they need to be when they get on the call with you. Otherwise, you're getting on a discovery call and you're trying to convince someone that they should fucking take care of themselves. You're literally trying to convince them that they should do what's so obvious to you as the right thing for them. And that's not what our discovery calls or our consultations are for. So first and foremost, if someone gets on the call with you and they don't have an urgency to solve their problem and that's not what kind of buyer they are, then you can't blame yourself or think that there's something wrong with you or your offer or how you run your call or that your investment's too much. Or You, you literally can't make any of those, uh, you know, like conclude, you can't draw those conclusions if the person that got on the call with you was not a buyer with an urgency to solve their problem. So that's one kind of buyer. Now, the other kind of buyer is the kind that is already has a disposition to invest in themselves. They already know the value. They have the money. They want to have it even if they don't need it urgently, like even if they're not even like having pain and suffering. That's me. I mean, I invest in things that I have pain and suffering too, but I'm just saying like, for example, I'm not always inside of a coaching partnership and men- and, and, and um, mastermind because I have pain and suffering. I'm always inside of that because I 1,000 million percent believe that investing in myself and my business is going to like help me to get where I want to go. And that if I were to do it on my own, it would take longer. I'd probably make more mistakes. I might, you know, I might lose some of my high vibeness, <laughs> you know, lots of things. It may be harder for me to keep my mindset where I want it. Right. And so, Are there people out there in the world that just invest in themselves, that have the money, that that just pay for stuff that they want, even if they don't need it? Yes. Are there people out there that have the same mindset as me, that like that investing can be a preventative measure, like that it can keep you like I just said, from wasting your time or from making mistakes or from, you know, having to having to have pain and suffering. There are people out there like that. Those are the kind of people that pay a lot of money to like have one hour with Tony Robbins. Okay. Those are people that go off of their insurance and pay out of pocket to see a functional, you know, nutritionist or, you know, just to like level up their health, like just to make sure that they're doing everything, you know, that they can. Are there people like that? Yes, it's me. Yes, there are people like that. 
So the thing is, is that you have to know that those are the two kinds of buyers. And then whichever kind of buyer you want to attract, you have to go 100 million percent all in. So here's what I'm going to tell you I see. And this is something that I told my client, look, I think we should look at this, okay? But I see it not only with some of my clients, although I mean, I try to nip it in the bud, what I'm about to tell you, but this is what I see out there in the industry of service providers, of wellness professionals, especially, and coaches, um, and healers and, you know, all of the, the yoga teachers, like all of this good stuff is that the messaging is middle of the road. The messaging is in between these two buyers. And what I mean by that is that a lot of the, the, what I hear out there, and I hear it from some of my clients when they first start working with me, is that they don't want to be negative. I'm putting up my quote fingers. I don't I don't know if this will make it into one of our reels or whatever, but they don't want to be negative. They don't want to have negative messaging. They don't want their messaging to just be all about like all of the different angles of the problems and the pain and the suffering. And they don't want to like be out there saying like basically using messaging that points out the low points or that points out the 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 breaking point or the point the 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 most frustrating part of the problem that 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 their ideal clients are having they don't want to do that for some reason the same way that they're afraid to be salesy i feel like these two things go like hand in hand i don't want to be negative i don't want to like talk about like you know how my client is going to you know how their health is just going to decline and they're going to be you know a total shit show <laughs> or like i don't want to I don't want to point out like, I don't want to say like you wake up in the morning and you're miserable because you don't know what to do. And I don't want to say those things. Right. And it's almost like the same thing as like, I don't want to be salesy. And so then my answer is, okay, but like in order to make money, you have to sell something. So what's your definition of salesy, you know? So I hear and see from a lot of people that want to talk to the other kind of buyer, they want their message to be, don't you want to avoid all of the possible things that could happen if you don't get a grip on your health right now? Don't you want to, right? Like, don't you want to, they think that that's who they're talking to. They think they're talking to number two, the the buyer number two, who's got the money to invest, who has the disposition to invest, who's all about personal growth and development or preventative health and takes amazing care of themselves and invests in all of that. But what I'm here to tell you is that like, that's a different person than a person who doesn't already invest in themselves in that way. And you're trying to convince them to do it. That's not a person who's walking around looking for opportunities to prevent future problems. And if you're looking for clients that are those clients, the kind of clients that are that are going to invest in preventing problems or just up leveling or just who believe that with personal growth and development of any sort or support or help, that they're going to be more successful, then you got to go all in for those people. And you've got to know who those people are. And typically those people are people who make money and who do something in the world. Like the work they do is like work that they recognize they can be more impactful. They can make more money. They can go bigger. They can have a bigger impact. They they can be better leaders. They can, um, you know, like 10 times their revenue, like whatever all those things are that someone who's not necessarily having a problem may want. 
That's a specific niche. That's a specific kind of person. So there's a big problem here. There's a gap. If you want those kind of people, but you're not actually aiming for those kind of people or talking to those kind of people, and you putting out messaging to attract people who have the problem that you solve, or you want to attract people that might not be feeling an urgency about that problem, but that you think that if they keep doing what they're doing, they're going to have the problem. Right? So I'm going to like map that out again, because I actually talked about three different kinds of people, even though I said there are actually two buyers, because the middle one is not a buyer. (laughs) Okay? So let me say it again. The two kinds of buyers are the people that have an urgency to solve their problem and they're ready. And the other kind of buyer is are people who just invest in themselves no matter what, because they know the value. They, they're always looking to like to do whatever they can do to be the best that they can be. They have the money. You know, they've, they, 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 they're in a position to invest. They, they can do things that they want, even if they don't need it. Okay. So those are the two buyers. And then the middle person is the person who, you know, may not have the problem yet to an urgency. And you think that they should invest now to prevent getting to that point. And that person is not a buyer. And I watch a lot of service providers try to market to that person. And that's a problem. Because you might even get that person on a call with you. But if they're not a number one or a number two, if they don't have an urgency... And they also just don't have a disposition and and disposable income where they can just like keep investing in themselves. And I don't even want to say disposable income because I, a lot of people that work with me are number twos. A lot of people that work with me are people who see the value in having a coach, may not be in crisis or urgency or having a big problem, but they would never not be without their coach. So I have a lot of people like that, but I also attract a lot of people who already know the value of coaching because they're coaches themselves, or they're the people who I just talked about. They're the people who already know that investing in personal growth and development will get you farther faster, that you can build the life of your dreams, that you can be who you want to be in the world, that you can break through the limitations that the human brain just has. And I attract a lot of people like that. So it's not that I only attract clients who are coaches who can't figure out their business, (laughs) right? I have a, a range of people because people who are coaches or who are entrepreneurs or who have or who are yoga teachers or who are people who invest any time and energy in their own personal growth and development might have more of an inclination to invest in having a coach. And then I do have the people that come because they have an urgent problem to solve. But I'll tell you who doesn't invest with me. Someone who probably needs me, but they don't, they're not having an urgent problem. And they also are not making any money in their business who don't invest in themselves. And they're in that middle place. Those are the people who get like so resentful and annoyed that people become business coaches, (laughs) right? Because they're not going to invest because they're just not in the mindset. They're neither one of those people. Sometimes they do have the urgency to solve the problem, but they still are resisting getting the help. And they tell themselves a story that they already invested when they did their training or certification. That's like a very weird fucked up like, that's like a that's like mixing up two things but anyway that's a whole other episode so there's a, so so 
there's definitely a problem if you're the middle of the road. Now, to appeal to the people who invest in themselves all the time and who don't feel that they have need an excuse to invest in themselves or their business, that they, that they know they're worthy, that they know it'll help them get further along, that they know that having that support from someone who's like, you know, like who, who can really help them save time and energy, okay, and even money, those people work with people who share their expertise and brilliance consistently and at a really high level, and that's why they pick them. Why do you think someone would choose to make an investment with another individual when they weren't in like particular, you know, urgency or need? How do they pick that person? I mean, everyone hopefully picks a person because they believe that that person has the, has the, you know, the experience and the expertise and that what they do is a right fit. But a lot of times when people decide to like invest in something that they don't quote unquote need, it's because something attracts them to that thing and they think, I want that. So like I recently just invested in being in a a program um, for how to use chat GPT um, for my business. And like, do I need it? No. Um, are there lots of people out there like offering all kinds of things now just in the last like literally month? Yes. So why did I make this investment to work with this coach? Because of her. I invested because I thought I feel like if I work with this person that it's, somehow it's just going to be good for me. But it was because of her. It wasn't because of the chat GPT. <laughs> it was because of her. It was the combo of everything. When I invest with people to have something for my business, whether I hire someone for my team or I have somebody for a project um, or whatever, not only am I basing it on the thing that they offer, the service, the expertise or whatever, but a huge part of it is that I base it on them and who they are and how they show up and their energy and how I resonate with them and like how they present themselves and how we connect. And the only way that that could happen is if that person gives me the opportunity to do that. And that's going to come through or what's going to make me even want to take that step further is their messaging, is, is how they're showing up, is the way they talk about things, is what they say, their messaging. But here's what I'm going to tell you. If you want to work with people that are the kind of people who buy because they want something but don't necessarily need it or because they know that it'll help them to just get farther faster, that's a niche. It's a specific demographic. It's a specific kind of person. So you can't make up that the people that are in your niche are those kind of people if they're not. I don't know a better way to say it. So I hope you're getting what I mean, right? So it's kind of like if you want your niche to be high-performing power people, then you can go for it because and then you can put out the right messaging that's going to make them attracted to you and go, wow, you know what? I didn't know I needed that thing, but I want it because she's offering it. So you have to make a decision, if that's what you want, your how you want to grow your business, and then you've got to go all in on that, that niche and that kind of messaging. But if you know 
that that right now, and this could change. It could change. It could be different. It could be different after you have more experience. It could be different after you put out a certain level of content, you know, like me, like, you know, over a year into a podcast, I now have like a body of work that someone can absorb and that's going to help them, right, to know like whether or not they want to work with me. Um, But for right now, if you're at the phase of your business, right, and we have an episode on the phases of your business, right, building, growing, um, if you what if you're at the phase of your business where where you're creating clients by attracting them onto your yellow brick road, serving them with content that helps them to build no love and trust, whether that's through your email list or by doing free shit like you know going live, doing zooms, whatever you want to call them, trainings, you know uh, shows like you know whatever you want to call how you give people a chance to like experience you. If that's the phase of the of your business that you're in, then you're most likely attracting the people who have a problem that you solve. And therefore, you have to be willing to go all in on attracting the people who have the problem to a point where they're ready to solve it. Not people that have the problem because you realize they have the problem. Because we, anyone who's an expert, we can spot problems from a mile away. Okay? Like, I could talk to somebody who tells me that everything's great, that they don't have any problem. They're all good. I'm good. I'm good. I know that they're not because I'm an expert and you are an expert too. So it could be a problem when you look around at the people around you and you're like, man, so-and-so is burning out. So-and-so is not optimizing their health. So-and-so is like on a slippery slope of blah, blah, blah. So-and-so, you know, is always complaining about their about how they have no time. So-and-so is always exhausted. So-and-so has no energy. So-and-so it told me they're miserable, <laughs> right? You can, I, you can see, you can see even sometimes physically, when people are needing you as a health coach, for example, right? So when you're an expert, it can be really hard. It's kind of like, it's hard to, to, to unsee what you see, right? So when you see the people, you're the one sometimes who's deciding that they need you. But if they're not feeling that they need you, there's going to be a problem. Even if you convince them to get on a discovery call with you. There's more of a chance than not that they're not going to end up saying yes once they hear the investment. There's a lot of different theories about whether or not you should put your investment like on your website or, you know, like post or publish your prices. There's a lot of different opinions and that's all they are. It's all just opinions. Everybody's different. I'll talk to somebody who doesn't have a price on their website, but I've got to have a really compelling reason to talk to them. I've got to already be be feeling like, oh my God, I wish I knew how much this thing was or how much it would be to, you know, to have this person work with them, invest with them, blah, blah, blah. Right. And of course, like, it would be great if I could just like, know, but. I'm okay with not knowing if I know I really want to talk to them, I'll talk to them. But if it's someone that like, like, I'll just give you an example. Like there's like this guy who claims to be like, you know, like a a, a podcasting growth show expert. All right. Um, and I've watched a couple of his, you know, trainings and listened to him and I'm in his Facebook group or whatever. And he'll put out these emails about joining this program, this, you know, this program that they that they offer for podcasters to grow their show. And they don't even have like a sales page about it. So they don't even have anything that you can see. Like, I have no idea what it is. I don't know if it's like 
a group coaching program. I don't know if it's one-on-one. I don't know if it lasts nine years or one minute. I know nothing. And every time they put out a thing about it, the only thing you can do is book a call. Guess who's never booked a call and who never will? Because I have no desire to give up any of my time and energy without knowing if it's something that like I want to at least find out more about. Now, that's a sales style, I guess, of his. I have no idea. I'm sure he has people that do his program. There are also people who put out all the details and the price. And then there are people like me who have some things that I do put a price out there for. You want to know what the Passion and Prosperous Academy is? Right now at this moment, it's $7,500 for an entire year of unbelievable support and coaching and mentorship and help and one-on-one and so much. And that is such a low price. Now, I don't know when you're listening to this. Like This is if you like are listening to it for now. (laughs) I'm recording this show at the end of February, 2023. I know that's not going to be the price forever, but it is for right now. And it's an unbelievable deal. And I tell people how much it is, right? Like right now you can click a button on my website that says sign up for the Academy and it's going to take you to a page and it's going to show you that there's two options, pay in full and payment agreement. Now, on the other hand, working with me one-on-one I don't put a price up. It's a significant investment. And I feel very strongly still, maybe it'll change, that I prefer to be in a conversation with someone where they can feel my love because there's a lot of it, man. When you work with me one-on-one, it's like, like a love fest. And I need people to feel that. And so that they know that, like, they're not investing in, like, some sessions. They're not investing in, like, some done-for-you content. They're investing in themselves to have, like, the most amazing partner for their life and business. I mean, besides their, like, spouse or, or partner or whatever. But you know what I mean. And, man, that is why people invest with me so much trust and so much knowing that they're going to get so much Stacy. And I'm not saying that everyone wants that. Like you might be like, I don't really need a lot of Stacy, but some people want it. And I'm very great, grateful for that. And then I tell them how much it costs because I feel that it makes more sense when I'm able to describe to them what the experience will be like of working with me. If someone were to just see that number on a website, they might never even book a discovery call with me because they might be so disconnected from what the investment is for that they'll never even find out. So this is why I teach my clients not to publish everything. Some things, yes, some things, no. Because some things we really want people to be in 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 a connection with us And hearing what it would be like if they were to make that investment in themselves and in getting what they want. So my point is that in any one of these cases, by the time someone gets on the the call with you, they need to at least be feeling like they really want to know if they can work with you and if what you have is right for them. And if like you can really help them solve their problem or if you can really help them get what they want and up level. And then if the investment, when you talk about it, becomes the obstacle, then you can talk about that. But here's what I'm going to tell you. The investment is less of an obstacle for for the two buyers that I just told you about, the urgent problem and the person who invests in themselves no matter what. The investment is going to be a problem for the middle person that you know has the problem that you solve, 
that kind of thinks they may, and but it's not bothering them so much that they're ready to make an investment. And if you get that person on a call, if you tantalize them with a call, I'm going to tell you that chances are they're not going to be a yes at pretty much any investment. Maybe like a dollar or 50 bucks. I had a a call recently that was a referral with someone who did not check me out at all. She didn't listen to one episode. She didn't look at my website. She was a referral from someone who fucking loves me so much that like anyone who she talks to is probably going to book a call with me. But still, at the end of the day, I feel like I wasted. I I don't want to say that. I don't consider it wasted. But I kind of feel like she wasted some of my time in that. I'll tell you why. In that she really wasn't looking to buy. And I could tell on the second call by the way that she was talking to me and the questions she was asking me. And I kind of felt like she wanted me to jump through hoops. And when I eventually told her how much the investment was and she kind of looked at me with a blank stare, which is fine. But when I asked her what she thought it would be, you know what she told me? She told me that she knows that there are coaches out there that have like masterminds that cost $250 a month. Now, I have no idea how she could have possibly thought that that was what I was doing, like even based on our first conversation and what she told me she needs help with, which was like fucking everything. And so that doesn't happen to me that often, but she was one of those middle people. She was someone who was entertaining the idea of maybe having like some help if it was basically cheap enough. And that could be one of those middle people too that gets on a call with you. They could be like, huh, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll talk about, you know, maybe I'll talk to someone and kind of see. But they're only going to say yes if to them, it's not like, it's not an investment that's going to be, it that they're even going to notice. So what do we do about it? We decide who we know we work with. And my recommendation to you is that you pick. It's either the person with the urgent problem or it's the person who always invests in themselves. And like I said, I think those people are a little harder to get to until you're more established. I'm just going to say. And if you're going for the people that have a real problem that they're ready to solve, then you need to call those people in with your messaging. You need to know their pain and suffering and you cannot come back to me and say, I don't want to be negative. You need to be able to dangle in front of them what's possible for them if they were to really fix this now. You need to tap into why they can't wait anymore. And the person that knows they can't wait anymore will, they'll hear the call. They'll respond. They'll come. But this is also why your content that you create needs to speak to those people. That's why you can't do middle of the road shit. It's why you can't do workshops and challenges and things that are, that are generic and nice And help people to just feel good. Everyone will try something if there's no investment and it's free and it's not that big of a deal. Everyone will eat healthy food for a minute. If you're like, hey, try this. It'll be a week. You'll feel better at the end. They'll be like, okay, I'll try. Why do you think so many people do the whole 30 every January or dry January? People can do a little shit like that. But they're not paying for it. They're, they're not going to necessarily continue it after. I can't tell you how many people, this is before I was a coach, this is when I was a yoga teacher, how many people would show up to like our private lesson or whatever and tell me they were doing the whole 30 and they couldn't wait till they could have a drink. They were literally counting down the days. This 
part of why I became a coach. Because <laughs> I was like, that's fucked up. Like, there's something weird about that. So what you have to realize is that if you put shit out that's not really speaking to like the real problems that the that the, that people will pay to solve, and then you get disappointed that those people don't convert to being your client, it's because your messaging and your content are not on point. And if the reason they're not on point is because you are still thinking that you don't want to sound negative or really, or be salesy, then you're going to be stuck in the middle, talking to the middle road people instead of the buyers. So it all starts with the attraction, right? It doesn't start with the discovery call or the consult. It starts all the way with who you're attracting and what message you're putting out. And how you're mixing your content with your messaging so that you attract the right people into your stuff. And that the people who are active on your yellow brick road are the people who are, or at least a good percentage of them are the people that are ready, that they have the urgency or they're, or they just need a little nudge, but they're kind of almost there. But you're not going to be happy with your business if you have a convincing business. You're not going to be happy with your business if you decide that your job is to help all of the people who are not yet at the urgency of the problem. You're, you're not going to be happy if you take it upon yourself to think that, you have, that you're going to convince those people that they should start taking care of themselves or start investing in themselves. That's not a great business model and you're not going to like it. You might inadvertently do it just by showing up and being amazing and sharing your message. And you might find that there are some people who end up getting to that point just because they're hanging around your door. And that's awesome. But you can't purposely attract those people. They're going to get attracted to you like no, like they'll be the secondary attraction and then they might actually convert over to being like buyers. But you have to focus on attracting the people who are like one step away from knowing that they need to do something that they'll pay for and that they're not in the part where they don't want to do anything or make any changes or fix anything or that they don't want, that they think they can do it for free. Those two people, but that's one person, but those two different mindsets, I can do it myself for free and um, I don't need to do anything or I don't want to or I don't feel like it, that sounds hard or icky or ew, I don't want to give up gluten or any of those people. Don't try to convince them. Look for the people who are literally walking around going, oh my God, I need help. And show up like a fucking superhero and be like, I can help and be the right match. So that's what I wanted to talk to you about today. This is messaging. This is niche. This is, and I want to talk about it today from a different angle so that you could understand that like, you know, you, you do, if you want to have a successful business, you have to be willing to not think it's icky to think about like things like the psychology of sales and who's a buyer and who's not. Doesn't mean that we don't love everybody. It doesn't mean that anybody who doesn't want to pay for, to help themselves is an asshole or sucks. It just, it just is what it is. It just, it's just, you have to be willing to like see that and move on so that you don't waste your time with the people that are not going to pay you because you need to make money and you get to be successful and you get to have a thriving business because there are so many people out there that do need you, but you have to call them in. You have to find them. You have to have the right messaging. You have to go to the right places. You have to, you have to look for them and make sure they can see you and find you. That's your work as an entrepreneur until you get to work with someone and be incredible 
at what you do because you are incredible at what you do. And that's why the Yellow Brick Road system of organic business strategy is so brilliant, if I may say so myself. It's because you get to use what you're amazing at to attract people. That's what content is. All right. Okay. So why don't you come join us in the Passion and Prosperous Academy? We want you. We have such an amazing group of people. I'm like, I love my job. I love everyone that I get to serve. I love everyone that I work with. I love everyone that I partner with. And you will too. You deserve it. You deserve to have biz besties. You deserve to have people cheering you on. And you deserve to have mentorship. And you deserve to get all your questions answered so that you're not walking around feeling like, a you know, like you're confused and overwhelmed. You even deserve the tech help that we can give you. Because if there's one thing I know about heart-centered people, it's that a lot of them don't really feel techy. And we help you with that. Okay? And you can work with me one-on-one if you really want to, too. Sometimes I have a space available. So try me. Okay. Sending you lots of love. And I will be back in your headphones next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Passionate and Prosperous with me, Stacey Brass Russell. If you like what you're listening to, please make sure you're following or subscribing. And if you're on Apple, that's the little plus sign on the top right so that you get notified when new episodes drop every Wednesday. As always, I'm sending you love and high vibes. And remember, life is hard and there's always something you can do about it. 